Texas state government, like other organizations, faces a critical challenge in attracting and retaining IT security talent. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and to address this challenge and the unique way Texas state government is addressing it, I'm pleased to be speaking with Brian Engel. He's the Texas State Chief Information Security Officer and Cybersecurity Coordinator. Welcome, Brian. Hi, Eric. Uh, thanks for having me. Is the big challenge attracting IT security talent, retaining IT security talent, or developing skills in-house? Or is it, as I suspect, all of the above? Absolutely all of the above. The attraction of talent is, is maybe one of the higher uh, on the list. Uh, we do a pretty good job of retention uh, because given the size of our state government um, and, and the number of organizations and the varying degrees of requirements and size and complexity, uh, you know, sort of an entry-level security person has a lot of room to grow, can change positions within departments to continue to, uh, you know, grow up a progressive ladder, increase their ability to earn and, and things of that nature. We see a, a high rate of folks that stay, although we do definitely see some of those that go to private industry where they can command higher salaries and, and, and leverage the experience and the knowledge that they've gained by working for the state. But, um, well, before, before you go forward, as I still you say a high rate stay, uh, what keeps them in state government when they could go outside and make more money? You know, I think it's the type of person that comes to work for state government to begin with, someone that sees the and feels personally the mission of, of, of serving an organization, you know, not strictly basing their decisions on income. People are built a certain way, and I think that the aspects of, uh, you know, so, so, and I don't want to bag on developers necessarily, but, you know, a, a developer can command a salary, produce an application, and, 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 and affect change in a lot of different ways. But a security person, you know, a mission of, of service, of, of securing something and protecting something, there's no or few that are of greater personal benefit or gain or, or you know, that serve you as an individual than, than being in service of something like government, state government, federal government, but in service to a citizen. I think that, you know, there, there's a draw that, that happens to people that come and serve in that, and, and that doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, change quickly. So so as long as they're continuing to be able to be of benefit and service, they, 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 they tend to stay. Is there anything else you're doing to keep them there? I mean, are, are you providing? The, the training that they, they're demanding? Well, yeah, So, and, it, and it's not necessarily just for the purpose of trying to, to, to achieve retention, but, but also to make sure that the skill sets that we need for the broad spectrum of security programs is that we've established a statewide education program for information security professionals that we call the uh, Texas InfoSec Academy. And it's uh, a very deep and across six career tracks, and it's not just you know a, a class or a course, but it's many classes uh, within six career tracks that it, in, in offered in perpetual fashion that also extends into the ability to uh, achieve the uh, industry professional certifications, several of the certifications at the, the culmination. So pairing, educating. And can, can you give us an idea what the six tracks are? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it ranges from an, an assurance management type position. We have a set of courses that try to take those folks and actually get them to the next rung of, of perhaps a CISO rather than just a security manager and then there's ethical hacking and penetration testing there's incident handling and response there's disaster recovery and business continuity there's a couple couple of others it's, it's distinct sort of uh, specialization components across the information security field how long has Texas information Academy been around we launched it in November so we haven't you know actually had anyone run through the entire Academy yet we have uh, uh, you know a bunch of folks that are that are in process but you can certainly make it through a career track in about you know, two-thirds of a, of a year's time frame, the, the, all of the courses all the way through um, and actually doing the preparatory
mandatory courses for the uh, for vacations. Do the uh, employees take this after hours, during work hours? When? Basically available to them on their own schedule. What we've done is it's uh, it leveraged uh, the, the computer-based classroom to a high degree and then have uh, every week there's uh, an instructor that's inside of uh, like kind of a, a virtual study hall so that they can kind of come together during a scheduled period of time that is during business hours uh, once a week to you know interact with other students and the instructor for questions and other types of things but it's self-paced uh, computer-based training that also the linkage to to an instructor led so they can do it in their evening time they could do it on the weekend time or they can do it during the work time just depending upon how things are working in their organization and and you know when when they can carve out the time how did the idea of the Academy come about? Between myself and uh, Claudia Escobar, who helped me assemble the Academy, what we wanted to do was to establish something that, that would ed- educate someone and prepare, you know, perhaps even just an IT professional to be able to be, um, the, the, you know, the security professional within the organization. So kind of covering all points and to be flexible enough to realize that some of our information security officers in our agencies are, are very experienced and perhaps, you know, d- don't need to, to cover every aspect, but just need to go get a little deeper in some of the aspects. And we didn't want to make it necessarily just about getting certified or certifications and just doing uh, prep courses or boot camps for, for certifications. But we wanted to include all of those components. So, you know, it came about through, you know, the brainchild of myself and Claudia as we looked to see what kind of things were out there offered, what, what kind of the uh, the assembly of, of, of curriculum, if you will, so that we didn't have to create something totally organically. And uh, well, one of the things that we found and we thought was one of the the, the more favorable sort of full based or full, you know fully populated was through uh, the federal government's construction, and it's the uh, National uh, Cybersecurity Curriculum in Information Studies. I think it's NCCIS is the uh, the composition of that. So then we looked for a partner that was certified to provide those. CCIS uh, courses, and uh, we brought up uh, uh, you know a vendor partner that uh, could help us uh, deliver and maintain and, uh, and 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 offer that in an ongoing fashion. It's our goal is to make sure that all 150 of our organizations have a very capable security officer, and then to offer this uh, perpetually so that we can go to second and third tiers of the organization to be preparing uh, the, the the future folks there, so that we can uh, you know if we do lose folks to attrition, we have somebody on the bench that's getting ready or. or or already ready to go. Also, as we see that our you know our needs increase and the numbers that we need are growing, that we can continue to educate more and more uh, individuals within each of the agencies. Who is the vendor? It's Mile Two. That's who's doing all of the course instruction, and then we're working with a local partner called Microsyst, the program uh, delivery mechanism with the uh, learning management system and uh, you know, a program manager that helps us with all the scheduling and, and enrollment and things of that nature. Subject to change. I mean, you know, we, we, when we re-procure it, uh, we'll compete it. And- What's the cost to the state and what's the return on investment? The overall value if you add up all of the pieces of of a career track, comes out to be around forty thousand dollars, and we did not pay nearly that much, so we did get a significant quantity discount. You know, to the tune that we pay about a half a million dollars a year um, to, to to operate the program. What's the forty thousand dollars represent? If you went and and signed up to take all of the classes within a career track plus the study group or the uh, the, the preparation for the uh, industry certification, it comes out to be about forty thousand dollars if you did each of the classes in individually for each individual takes it yes yes and the state's only paying a half million dollars a year for this 
Well, yeah, which also includes the program management costs and implementation of a learning management system. We're actually working in conjunction with the state of Michigan and leveraging their cyber range as the testing platform. How many uh, employees do you think will be taking part in this? We're licensed to deliver this to 150 people a year. As we have people complete and we're able to have you know the second and third folks within each of the agencies designated and start taking it, those are our goals. But as we manage and monitor how many individuals that we can actually reach, we'll adjust as, uh, as we go forward. So how do you decide who gets into the program? So we started, and, and every one of our uh, organizations is required to name an information security officer and designate that person as responsible for the security program. Those are the first. And then through the management of each of the agencies and the security officers in those agencies, it's designating who will be next, uh, so, so who they're assigning the, the seat to for their organization and agency. Sounds like something that could be very competitive to get in. Yeah, perhaps. If you have a somewhat larger organization and you you know have 30 employees in there, how you choose or how you pick can be tough. It's not necessarily and distinctly one-for-one in that we do have some of the organizations that have three or four sort of designated security uh, people that uh, that we've been able to get through. Some of our larger organizations actually have three or four seats right now. This is aimed to assure that the state of Texas has the right skills needed to uh, to secure IT rather than it, it, it being a, sort of a, a benefit that you can offer employees. Uh, it, it works out as both, right? I mean, it's an education program that makes sure that the skills that they need, um, you know, to the to the tune that we've actually also constructed a Texas-specific, you know, through, through the Texas cybersecurity framework that we have, the Texas Administrative Code, uh, all, all of the components and reporting and things that they uh, are responsible for. They're also trained on within the academy, but also, yeah, in, in, in preparation for those individuals to be able to, to serve the purpose in their organization, but also culminates in the fact that they can achieve a, a industry-recognized certification. Each of the courses instructed through Mile 2 are actually have a, a certificate associated with them that uh, is, is recognized, if not industry-wise, is a component of that NCCIS accredited, if you will, um, education platform. Certainly, yeah, the value of an individual goes up after going through the, uh, the academy, but at the same time, their value to us increases too. How will you know if this program's a success? What's your metrics there? That's a, a, a tough uh, thing to answer. Um, you know, the, the, the first things for us are, are, the, are, are the completion of uh, getting, getting folks through the program. What we see in the, the Texas cybersecurity framework and in the, in the areas of maturity within those programs, uh, what we, we would hope is, is that these uh, security officers being more educated and more capable will be able to then improve the maturity in their organizations. And that will relate to many different factors, you know, the soft skills that they will hopefully learn through the academy and the construction of budgets and communication and understanding of risk and, and measurement of risk and all of those things combined. But when you look at it, uh, you know, an individual that gets through and, and graduates from the academy doesn't make that happen instantaneously in an organization. And at the same time, there's a lot of factors that can, uh, you know, inhibit those things from, from improving at a rapid rate. So drawing a one-to-one -one that we see that, but I think that that's the true measure of, of whether or not we're effective is, is that we have folks um, that are capable of of doing their, their jobs at the highest rate and that overall the organizations are uh, able to benefit from that through improved and, and uh, matured security programs. That sounds great. I've got something I'd like to check back with maybe in a few months or next year this time. Yeah, time will tell. And we certainly have, over the course of past years, devoted dollars to uh, various different education opportunities, mostly in the form of sort of one-off training. So it was important to us to put together something that was sustainable and, and enduring and ongoing. To, uh, you know, how that, uh, how that in, in you know, years uh, 
five, six, and seven for us looks. What I hope is is that we have the ability to, to take general purpose IT professionals and, and train them on the specific needs and requirements of the security profession and that you know, we're able to draw from, from that uh, pool of folks and, and still maintain the numbers that, that we need at, at the skills that we need as well. Yeah, looking at IT professionals, having them develop IT security skills, is that aimed at increasing the IT security workforce, or, or is this a recognition that IT security and general IT are sort of blending together? You absolutely get a, a large number of processes that are, are security-oriented performed by IT folks uh, just naturally when we're talking about technology. When we start talking about things in the form of risk, how that relates to information beyond technology, there's still a lot of connection point. Uh, but, but to take an IT person specifically and, and kind of put them in the role of risk manager and, and information security professional, just don't step into that on day one. But coming from an IT background, I think you, you know, you're prepared prepared uh, in a lot of ways to do a lot of the same types of things. And I think that one of the things that's been important for us here in the state is to realize that, that information security as a specialization is, is something that can evolve uh, from an IT professional. And it's not necessarily just a, a, a lateral move. So by constructing job classifications and the structure of the various different security positions that we have, uh, we've created a natural evolution for IT professionals that have you know, a, a capability and interest and a desire to sort of go down a, a different fork in the road, leveraging what they've you know, learned to date in, in IT as, as an opportunity. You mentioned uh, job classifications. Do you have formal job classifications for IT security? Absolutely. And we've had IT security job classifications for a while. We, we now have constructed and, and proposed and, and, and with, with you know, great hope and anticipation that uh, the 84th legislature, as it meets, will approve them. Three tiers of cybersecurity professionals, and um, and then also the information security officer as a as the next rung above that, and then a uh, chief information security officer above that. We have three levels of IT security. We have three levels of cybersecurity. You know, you don't go one, two, three through IT security, and then four, five, six through cybersecurity. They sort of nestle within each other a little bit, um, and have a lot of overlap in function, of course, but that. That is a ladder of progression that uh, that someone uh, can make, and yeah. So, so we have actual formal jobs constructed uh, across uh, all of those. You, you said IT security and cybersecurity. What, what's the difference? The way we look at it is that IT security has the functions of secure application development and a lot of the things that uh, are, are, are distinct provisioning of users, vulnerability management, and very technically oriented things. And then as you get into the cybersecurity, it uh, is, is related to things like uh, threats, attackers, and how you know maybe the outside world tries to come at a piece of, of technology. So the monitoring, detection, and sort of that hunter capability uh, is we just look at as a little bit more distinct than just the, the, the traditional IT security person. And we also look at uh, cybersecurity a little bit differently than we do the sort of traditional uh, assurance person, the, the, the person that makes sure that the organization is implementing controls, that frameworks are being done in an audible fashion is different than the person that is uh, trying to make sure that uh, you know the capable threat actor is not able to gain access or if, if it is able to gain access, it's detected and, and responsible to appropriately. And to clarify something, you talk about three tiers of cybersecurity professionals and three levels of IT security and, and, and in cybersecurity. Within each level, you have specific job titles and, and, and explanations what they do? Yeah, so we have the IT security analyst level one, level two, and level three, and then we have a cybersecurity analyst level one, two, and three. This is something that the legislature needs to approve? 
Yeah, it's it's something that uh, in order to be designated as within our state auditor office job classification system, because they, they go through create the, the, the salary structures and all of those structures. So the legislative budget board actually does uh, approve them before they, they become effective. You know, what, what does the salary structure look like in each of the job classification codes? You know, the, so they make adjustments or look or evaluate and look at the proposals that come forward every uh, every two years when they meet. Well, this sounds very fascinating. Brian, and uh, I'm glad we had an opportunity to talk. Appreciate you. Uh, you know, the questions that you've asked are great, so I appreciate that. I've been speaking with Brian Engel, Chief Information Security Officer and Cybersecurity Coordinator for the State of Texas. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.